Monster Game Night is a dark comedy actual play podcast that contains graphic violence, crude language, tasteless jokes, and awful puns. This show is not appropriate for children, and adults can find content warnings in our episode descriptions. Welcome to our Tiny Dungeon campaign, Goblin Core, Shadows of Bastion, where our players take on the role of outcast fantasy monsters fighting to survive the post-apocalyptic prison planet known as Bastion. This is Chris playing Glax, the Goblin Scrap Metal Knight. This is Ben playing Rakov, the Junk Fiend Goblin. And this is Josh playing Okaba, the Eten Momen Assassin. Hey, I'm Mike, your gnarly game master. So what happened last time on Monster Game Night? We're in the gore swamps riding a stinky hoverboard that is transporting livestock. Rakov is working on his many inventions on deck. Turns out maybe some parts he took are causing problems with the engine. But then when he went in, a hole had been punched through. Acid from the swamps was pouring in. It's a whole thing. There was a gore shark. Not really my scene. I want to work. Amidst the chaos, Okaba was tasked with hunting down an elf for the troll king Skrilliamson. Oh, yeah. It turned out it was no fence who I was traveling with. I think maybe I'm supposed to be going to see that guy. Ah, who cares? Not important. I'm busy. My task is complete. To set the scene... We open above the ramshackle rusted deck of the stinky hover barge. The stinky barge has been sitting for a long time. It's been, it's been becalmed if we were in an era of sailing ships. The acid that recently flooded the hull has disabled the engines entirely. Even Rakov, master inventor craftsman that he is, hasn't been able to make any progress repairing it. Well, I mean, they keep taking back the parts I stole. I need those for other things. I told you, I'm the master tinkerer now. You just put it in the slot. That, 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 no, no, not how it works. <clears throat> nope. Uh-uh. Have you tried turning it off and turning it on? What do you think I do? It's the first thing I do every time. You gotta flip the key over. Where's the key? I don't know. I'm just saying things. You're standing bickering on the deck. It is an incredibly hot and humid day. You can smell the th- Thick chemical scent coming off the gore swamp. The barge is holding still in the air, and there is not a single cloud in the sky. You've just got the immense red gore swamp stretches out in all directions around you. You can see occasionally when you look down the circling fins of gore sharks, eager for another taste. You're standing on the deck together, arguing, bickering. It's been a few days since your unfortunate encounter. How have you passed your time? What are you doing? I'm making things. Making things out of other things. Doing what I do. Junk cannon needed some work. But it works better now, I think. If I had skin, this sun and heat would be great to work on my tan, but I do not. So if we could move this along and I could turn in my contract, that would be swell. Well, why do you think I'm trying to do? We get, we get our two meters moved today. Glax, do you, do you have any insight into this vessel? You're tasked with protecting it. Are you protecting it from the acid that is engulfing us as we speak? I could tackle it. Hey, you did that pretty good last time. That's true. That's true. Hey, can we go fishing for one of those sharks? I'm getting hungry. That is an option. But I would... That's what I've been doing for the past few days. I know. That's why I'm asking. You've been doing great. Glax is just roasting gore shark over a <laughs> scrap metal fire. He's got like a trash can. Like he's got like a rusted barrel and like, I don't know what the fuck he's burning in it. He's just like, he doesn't need it's it. just like, 
impaled th- with a harpoon. It just like spit roasting it. <laughs> hey, you like that crank I put together for you? That way the cooking gets not done nice and even. Oily rags underneath of it. <laughs> I knew that guy. I'm going to want those back. I don't care if they're burned. I'll still wear them. So what's the plan? I will not age and decay in this swamp. I can wait until another ship passes. How convenient for you. Mike, remind me what happened with Nofins when we stabbed him. He disappeared. He His body turned into magical dust and it right. disappeared away into the sky when you tried to throw him overboard in the swamp. Didn't work. I mean, it worked. They stabbed him. That was fun. Uh, well, I I would like to go to the engine room and just get a sense of what's broken. Is stuff sparking? Is um, stuff missing that I can tell? Uh, that kind of stuff. That stuff missing. <laughs> Rockov gets a little uncomfortable at those sorts <laughs> of comments. You know, they don't let me down there anymore. I don't know why. <laughs> Glax wanders off and he's been to the engine room probably a time or two since the stinky barge was becalmed, walks down the stairs and he sees there's several people working down here. There's the engineering crew that is usually able to keep this barge running. He can see the chief engineer, tall, painfully thin knoll covered with hyena fur and black spots, wearing oil-stained trousers and suspenders, just has his hands over his head and is sitting on a bench, head between his knees, obviously just completely frustrated. And you see that there's just an air of dejection and depression around this entire room right now. You wander in and you can see that they've made a ton of makeshift connections. There's wires running all across the room now. There's Random rods have been welded into place to try and make the ship a little bit more sturdy because burning holes inside of it probably didn't do a whole lot for the structural integrity. And you can see that the pistons that were turning the last time you were down here, they're not moving at all. And all of the crystals that provided power, they've gone completely dim. Can I go up to the the head engineer and I would like to just ask him, hey, is there uh, is there anything we can do to help? If I knew the answer to that question, I would have told someone two days ago. Look, I've tried to work magic. I've done every single thing that I can. We're out of ideas. We don't have any crystal capacitors. We don't have any gemstones that I can use to replace these. Do you know what happens when you put a gemstone in acid? Surprise! It doesn't hold power anymore. So we're trapped. And so everyone can come here and harass me and say, hey, can I help? Is there anything you can do? And no, no, I can't do crap. That sounds like a problem. Thanks. That's an astute observation. <laughs> I don't even know your name. You're the new, you're that new kid they brought to help, right? Yeah, I'm Glax. And then I shake his hand super heartily. He holds a paw slash hand out. You can see it's got like stretched out knoll fingers that are kind of hyena-like. Hard mane. Nice to meet you. Look, I'm sorry we got off on the wrong foot, but you understand. I want this ship to be moving more than anyone. I got places to be. This is awful. This looks bad on me. No one's helping. We got to start looking around. We got to find something to fix this with. Do you know of anything on the ship that would suffice? I've looked. I can't find anything. Someone's going to have to go out and search, but I can't do that. Do we have lifeboats? 
Why would why would we carry lifeboats like this? Establish that we do not. What's a lifeboat? Well, do we have little boats? I mean, how do we go out on a swamp of acid? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> you just said do. Yeah, we got to figure out a way to uh, maybe. I don't know. You got that weird raggedy Ann friend who maybe he can put together some kind of like I don't know rope launcher thing. He's got all these ideas, but they're all really weird and he yeah he does that don't let him down here though duly noted uh so i will how many people are in this room about a dozen okay all kind of milling about or all kind of just chilling they're trying to work you can see they're like polishing things and wow we were right (laughs) they're polishing things they're polishing each other polishing knobs that's what they call them knob goblins (laughs) hey (laughs) They are lubricating various components so that <laughs> it keeps getting better. So that on the off chance that this barge starts to move again, it'll be ready to move. I'll go back up to the deck. Um, Thanks for nothing. Yeah, well, I tried. Sure. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> this character was voiced by that bird from the Flintstones. <laughs> it's a living. <laughs> Uh, so I'll go up to the top deck and find Okaba and Rakav. I'm fully stretched out, all 30 feet in a zigzag pattern, just basking in the sun. Nice. I step on you as I step over you. Ooh. Somewhat accidentally. <laughs> Rakav's staring at the uh, the cooking gore shark thing, and he's thinking about reaching in to try to get one of his rags back, but he's hesitant about it. Okay, be careful. I am working on getting the creases out. <laughs> Here, let me help. And then I walk along like six feet of it and just flatten it out with my feet. Okay, you take one end. I will move the other. Just crack my back real quick. <laughs> so I go to the end of him and I like CrossFit style with ro- ropes. Just start <laughs> shaking, <laughs> whipping it. Yeah. Now it's workout hour again. Like when you can't get a sheet to fit on a bed, right? You're just whipping it. Right. <laughs> yes, this is p- p- perfect. <laughs> it's never felt better. Oh, okay. So what's the plan? I have no idea. You got any ideas? I got tons of ideas. Which one do you want? One that works. Strap a piece of wood in the mouth of a core shark. Put some flotation devices on it so it will not swim underneath the water and allow it to swim us to the mainland. That is my that is my ask. Do we have a helium tank or a uh, other a light airborne mass that I could wrap myself around? And then we could just hot air balloon or a dirigible. I've heard goblin folk like those. We could just fly right out of here. You know what? That actually sounds like fun. Hold on. One of my cousins, I believe his name was Hinden, loved those. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right, hold on. And Rakov leaves for a few minutes. And when he comes back, he's carrying a helium tank over his shoulder. Yeah, the guy at the bar yelled at me, but I think this is going to be useful. Is it full? Feels full. What kind of helium tank is it? Okay, put your mouth on that. <laughs> I'm just wondering because Rakov is knee height, 
So like, this tank is probably two to three times. It's like side. a teacup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say it's tiny. <laughs> you didn't say how big it was. I think it's will work. You just got to hold on real tight. In the distance, you hear Pommel saying, Hey, you stole my helium tank. <laughs> Can't leave anything here. I need that for my medical condition. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad, so sad. All right. We already got something to light it with. As long as I can... Ow! Ow, hot! Ow! Uh, okay, I got one. I got one. Ready? You're, not, you're lighting the tank? That's how it works. We gotta ignite it so it... Oh, yes. Uh, this... Even I know that's not going to work. The astute listener will remember that helium is a noble gas and inflammable. Inflammable means flammable? What a country. Oh. Sorry, I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't burn. It doesn't burn. Helium? No. Nope. That's the difference between the Hindenburg and yes. everything else. The Hindenburg was hydrogen. Yes, I was waiting for you guys to pick that up. Oh, I just thought it was... Damn. What if I just eat, eat the helium and then I can just float away as a windsock? I'm very sure that Okaba could ingest the contents of this helium tank and turn himself into <laughs> something of a kite. He may have some difficulty, <laughs> but yes, he could swim through the air at the very least. Oh, oh, okay. You want to eat it. All right. I understand now. All right. Come here. Probably should tie something to you first. That is a choice. Don't act like it's not happened before. Come on. Okay. <laughs> I'm just stick my mouth over the whole nozzle. <laughs> I'm there. Okay, turns crank. Okaba's body, the cloth starts to inflate like a balloon being pressurized. All right, you're going to look for shiny metal things. Any shiny metal things you can get. And gemstones. Shiny metal things. That's what's important. And gemstones. Ah, okay. Trying to get rich over here. Okay. <laughs> no, we right. need gemstones to power the thing. Well, well, all right, whatever. I can bring you back using the junk cannon. I just have to make sure that that this setting's... Uh, uh, okay, all right, all right. I think it's good to go. I'll just use the rope I tied to you. Thank you. going to hold my breath now. <laughs> okay, okay, muscles, give him a heave. Let's go. Yeah, I'm going to close my mouth and hold on for dear life as I just get launched. At the very least... Just rise up as high as you can and just look around, see if there's anything that we can go and get materials from. And I'll start loosening the rope. Like, I'll tie it to my waist, the other end of it, and I'll start giving slack to it to let them rise. Okaba's helium-inflated cloth body, 30 feet of silk now inflated like a balloon, begins to rise into the air. Like, what do you call the guys that are at Car dealerships. You know <laughs> what I'm talking about? This? Oh, yeah. well, arm, flailing arm flailing tube man. We see Okaba begin to rise into the air like an arm flailing tube man. But Glax has him tethered and now snake-like serpentine. He's just slithering up into the sky. I need Okaba to give me a perception test. Perfect. Okay. No. No. Okaba begins to look around and he can see that it's the gore swamp, just red, stretching out everywhere, this awful red acidic water everywhere, all over, and it's horrifying, and he can smell the chemicals getting somehow into his nose and his lungs, and he can tell 
Eventually, this would burn him from the inside out and just touching it. He's so distracted by all of that. And the sun is shining in his eyes and starting to weather his very nice cloth. And so when he looks around, he has a lot of trouble spotting anything. He sees wreckage of something off in the distance. It could be... It could be made of metal. It's gray and it's kind of shiny, but he can't tell anything about it from here. He just sees a heap of what looks like junk, a scrap heap, maybe something that Rakov would be into. But as he is hovering in the air and looking around and trying to see, he hears a booming screech. If screeches don't usually boom, so it's even scarier. Usually screeches are high-pitched. This sounds like it's emerging from the very sound of the sounds like it's reverberating from the water itself. As Okaba is in the air, he sees a very large shadow. Very, very large. Coming from which direction? He watches and he sees it's coming from above him, up the swamp a little way. It passes overhead of him and he has a moment to look up and he sees immense, red, decayed, rusty-colored skin, much like the gore sharks that he saw being much like the gore shark being roasted below. But this stretches on for hundreds and hundreds of feet of wingspan. The booming shriek echoes out again. It passes beyond Okaba and he watches as it begins to turn, swirl back as it passes over top of the stinky barge. Do I see it or hear it? You all hear it. It is much too loud to miss. All right, I start I'd, pulling them in. Yeah, I... I'd like to roll to see if I can get a better idea of what this is. I'm going to let the, the air out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just start deflating. Out just like, oh, shit. Yes. Okay. I want to test, Okaba, this is probably punishingly simulationist of me, mm-hmm. but I think it takes some level of dexterity to control the rate at which you let the helium out okay. to avoid fall damage. Rakov, I need you to make a perception test. All right. That bonus die. Here we go. Advantage on all saves. Oh, good. I got two fives. All right. I got a six. Good. Okaba, you are, you're used to this, actually. You've been a cloth for a fairly long time. You know what you're doing. At least six months. At least six months. (laughs) And while you've never done this before, apparently you have perfect control, perfect breath control. I let all the air out and then coil into just like a tube and just telescope right down into myself. <laughs> Galax finds himself with like Okaba, like an Okaba toilet paper. No, an Okaba rug. 30 <laughs> it's like off. a paper towel roll. <laughs> Rakov, looking up at this thing, the first thing that stands out to you, this looks a lot like the Gore Sharks. That's already obvious. This is clearly of the same lineage, of the same line, but this is immensely huger. As he looks, though, Rakov, scrap metal junk master that he is, he sees some things that escaped Okaba. He sees bits of shiny metal along its back. He sees chain link stirrups. He sees a ladder. And then he sees figures, humanoid, perched atop it, riding inside of a giant metal cage on top of this flying creature. All right, with that, Rakov's just going to slap Glax on the arm, point up at it, and yell, Murder bird! How? No, no, that that's what we call a murder bird where I'm from. Don't ask me where I'm from. 
Well, now I want to know. No, we don't have time. Don't have time. That thing's going to come down here, land, might even be coming for us, considering what we did in No Fins. I feel like maybe he showed up in one of those things or something. I don't remember. It's dangerous. Massive, terrifying beast. However, there was a scrap heap in that direction. Which direction? That one. Excellent. You watch as the newly named murder bird makes a turn. It banks hard. You see huge wings flapping in the wind. Huge fleshy wings flapping in the wind. Membranes that you can see sunlight on the other side of it. You see that the shadow that it casts is almost as large as the stinky barge itself. It pivots around and you're faced. You can make out now a disgusting, gigantic face that has been stretched and elongated and pulled almost into a point. You see a hooked beak, maybe, but it gleams steel-like, bright platinum, and it begins to swoop towards the back of the stinky barge where the stoinks are kept. Oh, must be hungry. Hungry for something other than metal. This is our chance. Go towards the back and we will mount the bird. We will use this as a ride. You do realize there's other people on that thing, right? It's a wild animal. I do no, not know what you're talking no, about. It's controlled. It's controlled. Domesticated. Oh, perfect. Then we will take control over of the, would you call it a murder bird? Murder. The avian assassin, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna start bouncing and rolling my way towards the, the back of the boat. I'll follow. The three of you, Okabe in the lead bouncing and rolling in his rug format right now. Mm -hmm. Kind of. I'm just like flipping end over end, <laughs> bouncing along. I'm like the fucking map from Dora the Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> but 30, well, wait, you're 30 feet long. Did but I'm only like a foot wide. Oh. Big paper towel roll. Yeah, big, I'm a big paper towel roll. Really thick. I'm sorry. I've been picturing you for some reason. It's like eight feet wide, 30 feet I'm also long. 30 feet long, but I'm silk. So I'm actually really thin. That's true. You can pack down pretty small yeah. when you want to be. I'm trying really hard to make sure that I don't like ruin your ruin your character, but I also don't want to overpower it. So I try to be really careful with like when being a piece of silk fucks you over and when it helps you. Nine times out of ten, it will fuck me over. Okay, it should help five times out of ten. But this is my game and I suck. So that's how it's gonna go. You bounce off towards the back of the stinky barge, towards the livestock pens. Okaba somehow in the way because he's used to running around like this. Sometimes it's just, sometimes he just rolls it all up and that's what he does. <laughs> you scurry towards the back. You see now the rest of the passengers aboard have noticed. They see what's coming, this immense, immense flying avian monstrosity headed towards them. They've already dealt with one attack. The passengers start to run in the opposite direction. There's a flood, a stampede of feet in the opposite direction. As you're running, you see a gray-skinned form, a familiar gray-skinned form, stretched out, stretched out in the sun, arms over his head, laying on his back. The stampede wakes him up, and you see Thud Younger start to look around and push himself to his feet. But your view of him is immediately hidden away as the crowd begins to run past towards the side of the boat that you are now vacating. A few instants later, you find yourself standing alone on the decks near the back of the stinky barge, close to the livestock pens, murder bird descending towards you. And now 
everyone can see there is a dozen creatures on the back humanoid they look like they look like goblins a lot like you dressed in thick heavy armor carrying long weapons very large weapons with large barrels that put you in mind in fact of the junk cannon oh god they have machine guns for you recognize at least one of them has a blunder shot Ooh. what are you doing you have an idea on how to get up there how high is it above us at this point? It's descended to probably about 30 feet above you at this point. And how tall are the cages? The livestock. So the livestock cage is not actually a cage at all. It's open to the sky. It is walled off. There is a corrugated aluminum, a corrugated scrap metal door along the front that has openings you can look in through and it can be open and you can step inside. But it's not close to the sky at all. It's not really a proper cage. Stoinks aren't really very agile. You don't have to try very hard to keep them in place. I'm going to open the little window hatch of the door of the Stoinks and let that smell come through and see if the murder bird reacts or anything. You undo the latch and Glax is immediately just gets a face full of what of the manure that can only be produced by a several thousand pound creature, by a hog that has 40 legs stretched out behind it. He's, that smell punches you in the face. Ow! What'd you open that for? Ow! The murder bird doesn't react at all. As a matter of fact, if you look closely enough, it licks its lips a little bit. Maybe it's not hungry. I close the back. Ah, oh, thank you. Is it still descending? It's you can see it started its final approach. It's I, coming in. I'll draw my spear. Are they coming to take the stoinks or civilians? Do we know? Don't have a clue. It's under control by someone. I don't think it's coming for the stoinks. Okay. Then I will lay flat against the wall towards the stoink entrance to the pen. <laughs> and hide. <laughs> I need... Okaba to give me a sneaky, sneaky test. And you do have advantage on those. I remember that. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Your dice rolls. No. Nice to have somebody else doing it for once. Okaba is still dealing with the after effects of the helium. When he rolled himself up so tightly right after, some of the air got caught down in his stomach. <laughs> He's basically <gasps> one long intestine. Oh, no. It's difficult to get all of the air out when you roll up that far. It's like a sleeping bag. It's just difficult sometimes. And he tries to flatten himself against the wall and notices that he's got a big old hernia-like protrusion coming out of his side. And it traps him in the sunlight as it gets caught on an inconvenient bolt. I always knew my fat ass would be my downfall. Hey, <laughs> doing that. I want to yell up. Who goes there? Glass <laughs> shouts to the sky. A loud voice for such a small creature. Glax isn't as small as Rakov, but he's still nowhere near as large as this bird. But he stands alone, defiantly screaming, ready to protect the stinky barge. And the response is only that same deep, booming screech that has frightened off all of the other passengers. The murder bird 
pulls its wings in closer, gaining speed, making itself like a dart flinging towards the stoinks. How protected are its eyes? There's no protection at all along its eyes. Not even a little bit. Somebody is getting a junk cannon shot to the eye. Okay. Are there called shots in Tiny Dungeon? (laughs) No. So, okay, we're not going to roll initiative. We'll just go, let's go with it, what we've got. And I missed. Rakov, those parts you keep taking from the engine room, (laughs) you see a flurry of gem dust shoot out into the air. Ah, crap, I forgot I loaded that. The murder bird flies straight through it. If it could smile, you would see a smile that stretched for like 40 feet. You see its talons come forward and you hear, well, not yet. We won't get there yet. Okaba and Glax, what are you doing? I'm going to open the door to the Stoink's cage. Step inside. Step inside and mount the Stoink. (laughs) Yes. Glax finds himself surrounded by rusty, corrugated metal, overpowered by the immense smell, the horrible smell, but he can take it. He climbs up. The skin of a stoink is a little bit bristly, a little bit coarse, but warm and soft like human skin. The stoinks have started to panic. Their instincts know there's a super predator coming for them. So Glax has a little bit of problem getting up. There's legs flying everywhere. Each stoink has somewhere between 40 to 100 legs, and they're starting to just stampede and wiggle around all around. He has to chase it for a moment, but he jumps up, gets his fingers latched inside of the muscle, and pulls himself onto the stoink. Are you doing anything else? Do you have ready actions in Danny Dungeon? Yes. I would like to stab at the bird as if it comes close enough. Okay. Glax pulls out his spear. He's ready for this. Straddling the stoink. His legs are sprawled out like doing the splits. These (laughs) things are huge. Okaba, your hiding has failed you. The first attempt at it, you could maybe find a better spot. Yeah, I'm going to, now that the door's open to the pen, I'm also going to crawl in there and I'm going to wrap around one of the stoinks as well. And I'm just trying to like coil up on one of them and just be as thin as possible. Basically giving a lucky stoink a belt. Yes. <laughs> Okaba wiggles. A cummerbund, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fancy necktie. <laughs> Okaba is careful about this because there's stoink manure everywhere all around this. And so he doesn't step in that. And as he wraps himself around, he's careful to make sure he finds a spot that's free of any detritus. Wraps himself pretty tightly around the stoink. In that moment, we see the massive murder bird finally rears its head fully over the top of the stinky barge. It's massive. Its head is big enough. Its head alone could fill the pen with the stoinks. It begins to pass overhead, and you see a pair of gigantic hand-like talons behind it. These don't look just like talons. These, you can see... They look like octopus tentacles. They have suction cups and spikes dangling down from it. You can see them begin to drag along the surface, along the back of the stinky barge. 
as it begins to cast a net to start to pick up unsuspecting prey. Glax, you're ready for this. As one of the tentacles reaches the first stoink, I need you to make an attack test. The five. It closes in. Glax is probably a little bit frightened by now because giant tentacle murder bird is not what anyone signed up to deal with today. Truth. They paid him like five bobs for this. That's not enough. He plunges his spear anyway. He strikes, shears straight through one of the tentacles, and you see it drop free and cut off. It drops wriggling into the pen in front of him. Don't like that either. Rakov? Rakov is going to attempt to suck up the tentacle that just fell with the junk cannon and shoot it right back at the thing. (laughs) Just to see if it can piss it off a little bit. Give me an attack test. We'll see how this one goes. Two fives. Two fives. Rakov's junk cannon doesn't hold biological material that often. No. It's not really made for that kind of thing, but when it works, it works really good. The tentacle is still wriggling and flopping around a little bit. And so it kind of struggles and fights back as Rakov's junk cannon starts to pull it towards him. Uh, No, come on, come on. He has to fight with it, tuck his shoulder and elbow back to Ah! lean it in. But he's got a tentacle launcher. Here we go. He fires it into the air and he sees it connect and stick all around the neck of the murder bird. The murder bird shrieks, this time in pain, not with the same intimidating, stunning sonic boom that it gave out before, but this time it's been bloodied and wounded. It didn't even notice losing a tentacle. It's got so many. But this, its holy personage, has been attacked. Hey, you forgot something. (laughs) Okaba, you're wrapped around a stoink, and you watch as one of the tentacles begins to wrap around it, too. I pull out my claws and wait. Okay. I'm waiting for the stoink to get put up into the cage. To get picked up? Okay. The figure is standing. The figure is in the cage on the back of the murder bird. Begin to move a little bit surprised that something is resisting them on their immense, unbeatable mount. You see one of them kicks the door of the cage open, steps forward with a long sword and cuts the tentacle free from the neck of the murder bird. It drops down. You see another one lean down over the side. You see a large, large barrel face towards you. You see a blunder shot face straight towards you, Rakov. Oh, boy. I need someone to roll two dice for me. I got it. Two threes. <laughs> They're moving so fast, though, and Rakov is so small that it's trivial for him to just twist out of the way And he watches as a burst of rock and minerals and dust explodes on the deck next to him. What kind of pieces did that land in? Kind of pieces? Like, is there any solid material or is it just like... I mean, it's like gravel at this point. It's like the consistency of gravel. All right. Good to know. Does does any of that gravel remind me of the crystals powering the ship? Yes. Well, eh. It's gravel. It's just rocks. It's not like magic rocks. Magic rocks glow, probably. And who would launch magic rocks at someone? Hmm. A goblin. (laughs) Sounds like an elf thing to do. I tried it. Didn't work. 
as you're watching, you can see the murder bird's tentacles are starting to drape and trail over. It's getting more and more of them wrapped around the stoinks. You can see the suction cups and pinchers, the suction cups and the needles inside of them being to sink into the stoinks skin. Okaba, what are you waiting for? I'm waiting to get picked up. I don't know about you. I think they both. Yeah, same. Yeah. Rakov, you watch as the stoinks start to lift up into the air. You see Okaba wrapped around the edge of one and Glax hanging on to the other. And almost under my breath, I say to Glax, <laughs> this is our ticket off that barge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be protecting that barge. There's nothing to protect anymore. Oh, fair enough. Damn. Hey, 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 wait for me. Wait and, for me. And this is where it becomes a two-person adventure. <laughs> Bye bye. <laughs> nah. How do you feel about swimming? <laughs> Not great in this stuff. <laughs> Rakov. So with that, when he sees them starting to lift up, he's gonna make a running leap, try to grab onto Okaba, and get lifted up as well. I'm like on the neck of a pig. Yeah. I mean, I still think I could probably get a grip on you. Go in between it. Ooh. All right, Rakov. Yeah, give it a shot. Yeah. Give me an athletics test, a leapy, jumpy, bouncy test. Okaba, are you helping him do this? I don't think I was even paying attention. Yeah, okay. fair enough. Yeah, I got five. I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> Rakov puts the junk cannon back over his shoulder. I don't think there's going to be much of that. <laughs> <laughs> Rushes towards the stoink. And as it gets lifted up into the air by its hindquarters, with Glax standing on one with his spear still at the ready, Rakov throws himself into the air and manages to slide his fingers underneath of Okaba. Ow, this thing smells terrible. Why'd you guys choose this? I merely selected their quarry. We are going for a ride. Also, you have already been given consent to touch the cloth, so... Well, you kind of touched me first, so... Yes. Let it be known. This is your free pass. It is now revoked. In the future, <laughs> you will need to ask again. Until you need a ride next time. Yes, and then I will ask. <laughs> Other than that, would you like to crawl up onto the pig or just I, I'll, continue choking me out? I'll, I'll, I'll get to work on it. Hold on a second. Okay, have fun down there. <laughs> so with Rakov hanging by his fingertips from Okaba, just flopping around. You said you were around the neck of the storm? Yep. So you're like a, like a dog collar, basically. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm the bell on the dog collar. <laughs> and... This stoic's body, its centipede-like body. Now you can see the full length of it stretched out for the first time. Centipig. Centipig, <laughs> yes. You can see it looks like a worm hanging in the air, except it's got little pig hooves at the end, just kicking and bouncing all over as it's squealing and swinging back and forth, trying to get out of this, because this is a horrible fate. Peter can't blame us for that one. Yeah, it's not even a real animal. <laughs> It's also, you know, natural predator. Yeah, this is <laughs> yep. nature. And, nature. And what does it want? If it gets freed, it falls into acid. Make your decision. <laughs> We're basically a BBC documentary. <laughs> we see the murder bird in its natural habitat. We see the murder bird in its natural <laughs> habitat. Gliding over the gore swamp. Bystanders hanging from it. But it now has the meal that it wanted. The handler's atop of it. I need someone to roll two dice for me. Sure, I'll do that. 
Uh, one in a three. One in a three. God Thank damn. you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I know why you're doing that. <laughs> they don't seem to notice you. Whoever is riding along controlling this thing. Because who the fuck would be dumb enough to climb onto a stoink that's about to get devoured? Good question. I can tell you I do not have a single brain cell. <laughs> I speak and yet I do not know how. <laughs> <laughs> Creatures riding in the cages have started to return, have begun to return and apparently take seats and stow weapons, clearly feeling safe. You're hanging on. The stoink itself has, its thrashing has slowed. It's horrible pig-like squeals that are loud and you can feel reverberating from underneath of you as you hold on. They started off horribly loud and they begin to fade and get quieter and quieter as the tentacles begin to choke the life from it. All right, I'm going to attempt to climb up Okaba and then get more stable footing. I don't think that's hard to do. I don't think that takes a dice roll. All right. Just one, one more, one more pull. Okay. Oh. Oh. oh, hey, Glax. How long have you been up here? Long enough. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Um, let me try something real quick. And uh, I do not like the sound of that. <laughs> Rakov's going to rip off one of the rags that he's wearing, and he's going to go over, and he's going to touch one of the tentacles with it. Does anything happen? Kind of whips it. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> happens. All right, a little bit further of a press. Hold it there a bit longer. Anything? Is he touching? He's obviously avoiding somewhere that one of the suckers is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's touching it sensually. <laughs> of course. Caressing it, if you will. Rockov gently caresses one of the tentacles. It feels... It feels oddly moist underneath of his fingers soft and fleshy. Mm. You can see the suckers around it pulse a little bit. Mm. But it doesn't seem to react and the murder bird doesn't move or make any sound either. So, it didn't like the tentacle touching it. But at the same time, it doesn't seem to do anything to the cloth. So then, I'm going to throw the cloth at one of the suckers and see what happens. Why <laughs> is back in the way? Hey, hey, I need that back. <laughs> the cloth, Rakov balls the cloth up, throws it towards the tentacle, and it lands on one of the suckers. The sucker immediately closes shut, wraps completely around the cloth, and you can see a horrible spike shoot out, completing its grip. Ah, that's why it didn't like it. There we go. Hmm. Above you, the murder bird flaps its wings. It doesn't have to flap its wings that often. They're pretty long. And so every time it does, there's a huge gust of wind. You see it start to bank and swirl over top of land. You see red treetops beneath you, rusty red treetops below. You're probably still about 80 feet above them, though. I, I would like to coil myself and start snaking my way from the stoink up the murder bird towards, like, the cage stealthily. I need Okaba to give me a stealth check while... Actually, wait, I don't want you to roll that yet, because I want to know what other people are doing. I had this bad habit still from Vampire. We have to put dice pulls together yeah. so I can call on people. I want to know what everyone is doing. I'm just waiting. Um, 
I'm waiting either till we land or until, because I don't think I can sneak up like Okaba can. I definitely can't. <clears throat> but, um, so how good of a look did I get at the spike? Does it look like something that I could safely grip once I get around the pointy part? Or what do you think? You could, it looks like it's got barbs on it. Okay. It that's looks not like a good it's idea, set then. up with hooks and everything. It's meant to dig in and not let go and yeah, all. That makes so, sense. Okay. That spike is pretty thick. It would mm. not be, it's like the size of your finger yeah. poking okay. out. All right, cool. Okay. Um, hey, you still got that rope? Yeah. It's right here. And I'll toss, or I'll toss one in too. All right, here we go. Here goes nothing. I'm going to try to <laughs> send it on up. Oh, try to wrap hey, it around hey. a little something. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, but. Okaba, I need your sneaky check. It's one five. Okaba slithers his way up the tentacle, avoiding all of the suction cups and spikes and managing to avoid alerting anyone that he's here. He finds himself very happily at the back of the cage. Now he gets a view of the six creatures riding along. He can see it's six goblins, all of them sturdily built, powerful, wearing scrap metal armor, very similar to something that Glax would wear, but theirs is fine and polished and much nicer and clearly much more protective, but still probably assembled ad hoc. He can see they have weapons kind of scattered all around them, not really very disciplined or organized, probably some kind of bandit that uses this murder bird as their transportation and to strike fear into passersby. He can see that there's one at the front that has a long pair of reins that it uses to occasionally make course corrections with the giant bird. Okay, I'm going to slither my my way up towards that guy and then pop my claws out and get ready to attack him. Okay. All right. So I'd like to roll to see if I can find anything that I could potentially latch this rope onto. Okay. Go ahead and give me that. Actually, I don't want you to roll for that. All right. There is obviously a cage. You can find something to lasso. Could I try to find something other than the cage? What are you looking for? Just anything that's kind of out of the way that may not necessarily be noticed. Like something further toward the back of the murder bird or... There's like a giant strap wrapped around the murder bird that's holding the cage in place. You could lasso that and okay. get out of sight. All right. So, yeah. I mean, I got a, I got a six on that anyway, so okay. whatever. Rakov doesn't have any trouble finding a spot to lasso or placing his lasso either. Are you going to climb this rope? Well, you're coming or not. What did it attach to? It attached to There's a strap. There's a metal the band back. wrapped all the way around this murder bird, like a belt that cinches the cage in place. You can see big bolts on the side of it holding it in place. It's okay. a pretty sturdy okay. piece. But climbing a rope from underneath of a hanging bird is going to take a dice roll yeah. with potentially dire consequences. Mm -hmm. Go big or go home, boys. Yeah, exactly. I'll go. All right, I'm going. So I don't say anything. I just nod and follow, go to follow you. All right. Do either of you have any skills that are going to make you better at climbing a rope? <laughs> I mean, I've got goblin agility. It technically doesn't apply to this, though. Nope. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Do you have like a family background in like the monkey bars? <laughs> Acrobatics? No, my, my family was junk traders, basically. It's going to be interesting. Let's we'll see what happens. Go big or go home. Yeah. All right. I need each of you to give me an athletics test to right. climb the rope. We said Glax is going first. Can I have one of those? Yeah, of course. One six. It's a three and a four. Oh! Glax begins to ascend the rope. He's a little shaken. This has been a hard day. His armor, not really meant for climbing. He's always got to fumble with it and move it around. And so when he grabs the rope and pulls himself, the first 10 feet are really not bad. This is pretty easy. But all of a sudden, one kind of over-enthusiastic hand-over-hand knocks his hubcap armor into his way and causes him to miss his grip. He feels in just a moment the rope starts to slide through his hands. I am going to give Glax a saving throw to not plummet to his death. But if he succeeds, things are not going to be getting off scot-free. No, six. I thought that was a, f- a four and a four. I was like, oh, God. As Glax is hand over handing his way up the rope, his armor gets in the way and causes him to miss his grip. But he's still a trained warrior. He's still a trained fighter. He has reflexes for this kind of thing. And so he's quick. And so even though he misses his grip, he manages to get his arm twisted through the rope. But it's not a grip anymore. And instead, it's slithering and pulling around his arm. And we see him get a horrible rope burn. You can see the rope pulling across, pulling skin, leaving fibers from the rope embedded in it. But he gets so lucky, he manages to slow himself and stop right before one of the suckers. He can see himself staring into the face of the sucker, the spike right in front of him. But his arm is torn and ragged. He's going to have trouble fighting. He's going to have trouble doing much with it right now. He takes two points of damage from this horrific rope burn. Rakov watches as Galax slides down the rope and eventually manages to stop himself. Hey, 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 hey. Take it easy. Take it easy. Come on. Yeah, good thing you got two arms, right? I kind of need this one, though. If Glax tries to climb the rope again, he will be doing it at disadvantage. So the rope burned. Okay. I don't trust my dice rolls for that. Okaba. I'm going the rest of the way up. You are in position and ready to strike. Yeah. Are you going to wait, or are you going to light this thing off on your own? As soon as I see them, like, they threw the rope up. They like hook it. They start coming up. I'm like, let's ball. And I'm going to let out a, yeah. <laughs> and, and start clawing into the, the driver. Okay. I'm making two claw attacks into this driver. I am giving you advantage on this because you have... Oh, some, I already have expertise. Lots of surprise. Oh, well, okay. He has two successes. Two successes. Everyone who is watching, they're all riding and they're not a disciplined group. They're kind of looking around, surveying the landscape, thinking about how delicious this stoink is going to taste when they get it home. And so everyone is astonished when all of a sudden the person flying with the reins just drops over dead out of nowhere. His throat is just gone. It's like 
<laughs> the raptors in Jurassic Park when they snatch someone, Okaba just darts up, cuts the throat. And... Can I jump to the next guy and attack him too? You have two actions, right? Yep. Yes. Oh, that's one success. This time, Okaba's a little bit less lucky, but he still pounces on him and manages to carve deep furrows down his chest. He manages to get past the armor, but eventually it slows him down. But you can see this one is pretty badly injured. There's only five more where that came from. It's okay. Rakov. As soon as he gets to the top and he sees what Okaba's doing, he decides that because they've by the time that he's pounced on the second guy, they all know he's there, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. By that point. All right. Okay. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna yell out. You said there's five more of them? Five more. Hey. Why don't you try this on for size? And he's going to hope that something that would actually land on their head is in the junk cannon. And I have an extra action thanks to my bar fighter with improv weapons. So I'm going to shoot twice. Okay. Give me two attack rolls. That is a success. And another success. Are you aiming for the one that Okaba has already tackled or are you going for different ones? I'm going to go for two different ones. Go for two different ones. As the screens begin to start, you hear someone saying, Hey, we've got an intruder on here. Look what he did. Look what he did to Pyrrhic. You see Rakov poke his head up over the edge of the cave and stick the junk launcher through the bars, takes one shot, fires a load of cutlery into the air, and you see forks stick into one of the goblins' face, two of them perfectly spaced along his eyebrows. Ah, perfect. Beautiful. He turns to the next one and you see another burst and flash of metal and you see a spoon fly straight down the mouth and throat of the second. <laughs> he starts to gag on this chunk of metal that's been driven down his throat. Yeah, look what I did to you. <laughs> Glax, what are we doing? You're hanging with the worst rope burn ever. So describe for me the feet, tentacles slash legs of this beast. I feel like you just used every adjective that's needed. Um, are the, the spikes and suckers go up the legs or are they just the tentacles? They do go up the legs. Ooh, they go all the way up. They go all the way up. It's like a flying squid. Big wings with squid tentacles hanging down. You said we're over land, right? You are over land at this point. How thick are the bird's legs? Pretty big. Or tentacles? Very, very. Well, the tentacles themselves are pretty small because it has a lot of them. It has a lot of little, like, they're still big. They're like the size of a person's arm. Okay. But it's a lot of them. How many are wrapped around the stoink? A lot. Probably a dozen. Several dozen. I'm just going to start lopping them off. Glax, just done with this shit, kind of wielding his spear in one hand. They're holding still. He's just going to poke at them. Start sawing away, mm -hmm. getting it to drop the stoink. Is that what you want? It's not what I want. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it's the only thing I can do. My hope, my hope is that the stoink will fall and it will go and land to get the stoink, ah. so that I can actually do something. Okay. So I, that means I'm about to hold on to a tentacle. <laughs> so this is not going to be good. Let's make a dice roll to see how this goes. Okay. That's a four and a one. You're just, yep, it's not going well. They're not cooperating with you today. Glax 
cuts off a lot of tentacles, but there's always more. And as he cuts them off, it seems like it gets more into position. Like it's almost just instinctual for this thing to be like, oh, I guess the stoic is falling. I better grab it a little harder. He keeps cutting and cutting, but there's still more tentacles always. Why are there always more tentacles? Okaba, you have one goblin pinned underneath of you, claws down his armor, dug into his chest. You see the two beside you that Rakov just shot. Obviously dealing with a lot in life right now. <laughs> uh, the one that I'm jumped on, I'm going to try to just silence him permanently. Two successes. Okaba is the master assassin at this point. His claws find their way underneath of the goblin's jaw into the soft underside of its mouth and just straight up through into the brain pan. He pulls them out. So we just have the two that are injured that are still up? Or do we have one more? We I'm just had, trying to make sure my math is right. We had six total. Yes. You have killed the two. driver, two. Then we have two injured. Two injured. So you have two more left. Okay. Yeah. Then I'm going to coil like a snake on this guy's chest, put my head up, and take the evade action. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okaba flares like a small hood along his back. Looks like a cobra for a second swing. We see wrinkles in the sheet kind of furrow down into like angry snake eyes for a second. Okay, I am finally going to get a turn. <laughs> I need two people to roll 2d6 for me. I got one. Uh, wait, you're taking the evades. They have, I need one person to roll 1d6 for me. I just have, I can test to evade. Oh, that's it. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. So I need two 2d6s rolled for me. Five. Five? Six. Okaba, you're going to need that evade test real fast. <laughs> okay. Haven't done this one yet. Give me just a sec. When attacked, test at disadvantage, success, attack misses. Yes. And you can do that for both attacks or just one? It just says when you choose to evade until the start of your next turn, you can test 1d6 when you are successfully hit by an enemy. Okay. So I think it's just each time because you're just focused on evading. Okay. So for the first one, fail. Second one, succeed. Hey. So I only take one. You hear one of the goblins, they begin to stand up and you see them both stretch out and grab huge scrap metal pounded rusted swords that end in awful hooks. They pull them back over their heads and they start to flank Okaba, swirling around him. You hear one say, what is that thing? I don't fucking know, but it just killed the hell out of Pyrrhic. The first one swings towards Okaba and takes him by surprise while the other is talking. He feels the rusted blade cut across the center of his cloth, cutting into it. The blade pulls out and the hook catches and it pulls threads with him. Okaba takes one point of damage. As he's reeling back and snaps his head backward, the other blade passes cleanly over his head. My, my beautiful cloth. No. <laughs> One of them that has the forks over top of its eyes spends its turn pulling the forks out and you can hear them screeching over metal and see a spray of blood and see And the one that has a spoon in its mouth is desperately trying to shove its fingers into its own throat and pull it free. 
He should have left those forks in. That's going to make the bleeding worse. It looked good. I helped him out. I will not bandage up his wound. It's a new piercing. Free. Free body piercings. Oh, but, I mean, gosh, talk about offering a service. Nobody appreciates it. I know that we've gotten really weird about initiative order at this point. Is there? <laughs> yeah. I think it's Okaba. Yeah, I'm at the beginning of combat. So, yeah. yes, it would be me because they were last. Okay. Uh, then sick. Uh, fork and spoon boy. I'm just going to let out like a hiss and attack them. Okay. Try to put them out of their misery. Oh, no. Not on the first one. So that's the fork boy. Okaba whips back after the sword comes over his head, gathers himself, but the stitch that just got torn out of his side is too distracting, and he misses when he tries to coil himself and strike. And then on the way back, I'll try to hit the other guy in the back with two successes. There you go. As the second is trying to drag the spoon out of his own throat, Okaba's waiting for him. I coil around his neck. And since he's already, like, got his hand down there, I'm just going to, like, choke him out. It's a slow and horrible death. The added pressure from the spoon, when Okaba starts to choke down and squeeze, we see the top of the spoon come out through his esophagus, just tear-free, and he falls forward onto his knees. Rakov. Okay, so the one that... um took the swing. I assume he's still recovering from his downswing. He kind of is picking bits of thread off of his sword as he begins to close in for another swing. So he's nice and distracted. Perfect. All right. I hope I've got something huge loaded up to hit him in the face with. Let's do it. And then after that, I'm going to take a shot at the one that missed. Okay. Have advantage on that. All right. That's six. That's five. Rakov raises the junk cannon towards the first goblin who still has two forks in his hand and is trying to clear the blood from his eyes. And Rakov, excuse me, sorry. Rakov watches as the junk cannon launches a plate like a frisbee straight towards this goblin. And so as he's holding the forks in his hand, beginning to wipe the blood away, suddenly just full on in the on the bridge of his nose, the plate just, oh, I could do that, but I just did a throat attack. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Just on the bridge of his nose, we see a plate just shatter. The bits of it, porcelain shards go into his eyes this time. Totally blinded, he drops to his knees. On his second attack, he pivots to the one that swung at Okaba. That's picking bits of thread off his sword. As he leans back, Rakov launches a mug into his chest. It catches him and knocks him back up against the bars, but you can see he's going to be coming back into this <laughs> fight. That's not taking him out yet. Yeah, this is what I love. DBD, death by dinnerware. <laughs> Glax? Uh, Sorry, I know. I feel so bad that you are not in this combat right now. I was thinking that earlier. How far am I from the torso of this bird? Probably like 10 to 20 feet. Yeah. Too far. I'm not throwing my spear. You, sh- you shouldn't. I agree. In, now in, with my dice rolls tonight. In, in, in fact, is the bird I'm, still descending? Um. Yeah. What's what? What's the bird what been doing the bird? since the 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 operator got KO'd? 
That's a wonderful question. After the operator got KO'd. Oh, God, he's out of control. (laughs) This bird is ready to eat. The only reason why it didn't stop to eat this thing already was because someone else was driving it away. So instead, the bird, it immediately, it's not getting in control. It does what it wants. Yeah, it starts to descend really close into the trees. It's looking. You can see there's a small clearing that it's headed towards. Obviously, it's dinner time for this thing. I'm just going to wait. And as soon as it lands, I'm going to hop off and attempt to climb it. Okay. A few moments pass and the bird descends really quickly. You can see and watch as it drags the stoink into the dirt, rolling it over and kind of starting to tear it apart a little bit. You see the tentacles start to release and pull chunks of flesh out of the stoink. And you hear a gross... As the suction cups start to eat on their own, as though they're feeding already, it's eating through its tentacles. I'm very glad I didn't use those to try to climb. (laughs) (laughs) It begins to pull and tear the stoink apart. Glax is totally ignored. He's on the ground, steps away, scot-free, totally unnoticed. He has to step over and dodge a couple of tentacles as they swing in. Okaba and Rakov on the back... They can feel the weight shifting around as the murder bird shifts and pitches its back while it's pulling this stoink apart. What are you doing? I'm going to attempt to climb. Now it's, there's nothing to climb. It's flat on the ground. Glax grabs on to the metal band that holds the cage in place. And he can one-handed do this. He's strong enough. He just pulls himself straight on. Can I undo the metal band? Ooh, it is held on. I said it's held on by two pretty sturdy bolts. You can, though. Yeah. I'm going to try. Okay. Go ahead and give me a test for that. It's a five. Five. With one hand kind of behind his... I don't know what the hell is going on. With one hand kind of behind his back a little bit, it's kind of hard, but Glax still manages to find, like, wrap his other bicep all the way around it and twist the first bolt. And then he gets to the second. It doesn't take very much. In just a second, he can see he's loosened it up. This metal band starts to open and fold over. can see that cage is about to fall off into the dirt. Are the goblins still in the cage, any of them? You've got, yeah. yeah. You have Okaba is in the cage and Rakov right. is standing outside of it firing yeah, I've, I've been shooting through the cage. He'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okaba feels the cage lurch underneath of him. I have another goblin that should get to act Yep. Yep. as the cage starts to slip. I have two that get to act. Mm -hmm. I had one Mm -hmm. that, yeah, I have two. As the cage starts to slip and fall, it's going to be really hard for them, but they are both going to do their best. They're going to do their best to get the hell out of here at this point because they just watched as a sentient cloth murder slithered its way through everyone in here and then is random dinnerware just got flung inside and now their world has been turned upside down and the murder bird probably isn't all that docile so once it's no longer under control all bets are off i need two of you to roll 2d6 for me to see if they make their escape successfully at all no no (laughs) (laughs) You watch as the two of them crawl out through the cage, 
slipping in between the bars. They have to leave their weapons behind. And some of them, like one of them plucks off a piece of shoulder armor to get through. And then as they get onto the dirt, the cage shifts the rest of the way and drops bars on both of their heads and traps them completely. Okaba, I need you to roll 2d6 for me to see if you take any damage from the cage. Uh, I actually could roll 3d6 because I... Evade! I'm good at saves. Okay. I rolled a 6. Okaba, the silken serpentine creature that he is, has no trouble at all kind of weaving his way out of the bars. and (laughs) I just totally relax and go limp and just like dangle in the breeze and just let my body go and just fly like a kite and then dangle back down. (laughs) This combat is over. You have very obviously won. I don't know what you're going to do with what you've won. You watch (laughs) as the murder bird is now tearing into the stoink. You can see bits of its flesh getting pulled away. Thank God this thing was dead and suffocated to death before this started because this is horrible to watch. It's getting eaten by a thousand tiny mouths on a hundred little tentacles. Hmm. I'm going to turn. I'm going to look back to find Glax say, Hey, was that you? Yeah. Oh, yes. Nicely done. Took a while. Great timing. All right. So um, Rockov's going to hop down the opposite direction from when the, where the cage fell, making sure to avoid the murder bird's notice while it's having its fun. And I want to take a look around and see if we got brought closer to the big shiny mass that Okapa saw earlier because he pointed me in the direction and said where it was. Go ahead and give me a perception test. All right. Advantage time. One five. One five. You're a lot closer to it now. Now, this is a swamp, so it's hard to judge. There could be a big puddle of water between Mm -hmm. you and it, or it could be totally dry land. But at least in terms of where we are currently, it's dry land, right? Yep. Okay. We're on dry land. It's muddy. Dry is a strong word to use in any swamp. Right. Okay. But... Yeah, right. It seems like it will be safe. It seems safe. Yeah, because the murder bird's there. I assume it's touched down. The The ground is sturdy enough to support this. Yeah, and the the stoic doesn't look like it's dissolving or anything like that. Okay. Nothing like that. Describe for me (laughs) (laughs) how this metal band was holding the cage on the bird. It's like a big, tightenable ring like a big metal belt that when you cinch the bolts down on either side of it, it turns gears that pull it tighter and tighter. Perfect. <laughs> I'd can, love to take those bolts. That's what I want to hear. Can I, and you, this would be a retcon, so you can say no. Um, can I have ridden, like grabbed onto the band as the cage fell off and ridden it up to the top of the bird? Oh, totally, yeah. Sick. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Glax finds himself standing on top of the bird. I would like to try to take the driver's seat. Oh, whoa. It's, are you, Glax doesn't have a problem. The cage is kind of tilted to the side because it's loosened and the driver's seat is inside of the cage. Oh, it is? It is. Bummer. Didn't know that. I thought the driver was just like right. chilling on the head or something. No, I was, yeah, I did a bad job describing it. The okay. driver does sit inside the cage. Okay. Then never mind. Um, are there like reins or there are very long reins, yes. Can I grab those? You may. And just from the back, can I try to direct the b- murder bird? Yeah. 
Glax puts his hands on the reins and pulls, and in a moment, the wings out to the side start to stretch out. The tentacles stop feasting on the stoink. Clinch on tight. I'm going to release the reins again and let it finish its meal. Because, I mean, it deserves it. It deserves it. earned it. <laughs> it worked hard for it. The murder bird could have a little stoink as a treat. That's right. Yeah. Good job. And also, I want to give time, because you hopped off, didn't you? Yep. So I want to give time for you to hop back on. I'm going to yell down, I think I think we can fly this thing. Hey, what? I think we can fly this thing. All right, well, the the big shiny thing is that way. This is our only way there, probably. I was going to climb a tree and see if we can make it, but all right. You can do that. One one moment, and I'm going to uh, let go and fall down and <laughs> make okay. my way over to the goblin bodies. Loot the bodies. Yes, and loot the bodies. Yeah. I want to dig through their crap. As Okaba starts to dig through their crap, they're still breathing. They're unconscious. They're not dead yet. Uh, Not for long. (laughs) (laughs) Oops, paper cut. (laughs) That situation changes very quickly. (laughs) With. Oh, God, I fell. (laughs) (laughs) Leave no deed undone. The pair of newly silenced goblins. (laughs) Okaba finds pretty sturdy armor, um, certainly better than what Glax is wearing, at least flashier. They each are carrying seven bits and two bobs. Like all together. Like all together. He also finds that one of them had two blunder shots worn like a brace of pistols over its shoulders um, with charges for it. And they're both carrying nice, pretty decent, like the rusty, but still pretty wicked swords that I described before. He finds that they're covered in tattoos all over and they look like probably some kind of like rite of passage tattoos because you can see that they get more and more elaborate over time, like where the ink is more faded. It's more simpler and the design gets more and more complicated and it stretches all the way up their arms. He gets the sense that they were probably part of a larger group. It'll be fine. I mean, we're we're still on their ride. There's no evidence of what happened here. Okaba, can you grab me one of those armors? Grab the swords. Grab the swords. My physical capabilities are not equipped. All right, to all right. Hold on. I'll handle that armor, but I could perhaps grab the bits and the bobs. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, convenient. All right, so not that I have use for them, but I could transport such immaterial goods. So, so Ro- Rakov's going to come over and he's going to help out with this. Just tell me what he's able to carry out of all this. I mean, all of it. There's yeah. nothing you can't. They were goblins. Yeah. All right. Yes. More ammunition. More ammunition. Let's go. Hooray. Make sure you give that armor to Glax. I mean, he I, had dibs. On... I, I, I kind of want to take it apart. There's a lot of good pieces in here, you know. Mm. You got six of them. <laughs> take it. Take apart the the bad one that he has equipped. How about that? Has some good things in there too. Good things to shoot with. Perfect. I have no. How many bodies did you get in this fight? I don't keep track. I just shoot. You should start. <laughs> this is a competition. It is now. Oh, also here's this, and I'll hand over all my bits and bobs. Ah, uh, hey, wait. What's this? I don't know. Is this that? Are those things on the shit they always ask us for? I don't understand why they do that. Rakov looks at it and he sees that each of them has 
the same very crude handwriting that we saw from the Troll King Skrilliamson on them that literally says one bit, one bob, again, etched into it. Oh my God, they're like cardboard. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Probably just going to shoot these two. I'll take those. (laughs) Just pocket them. Maybe give those to Glax. I'll think about it. Depends. On, I mean, depends on how he flies this thing. Maybe I'll give him a tip. Wait a minute. I don't know what tipping is. Murder bird Uber. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here you go. You want this one or you want this one? That one. You didn't point. Precisely. We're in audio format. <laughs> <laughs> point with your mouth. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Now we know why Chris is married. <laughs> hey <laughs> Mount the murder bird. I would yeah, I would like to in don said armor. You tell me what you want it to look like. I can make it look however you want. I mean, because you're like Glax can sort through all of the armor here and put and, together something he likes. Yeah, he can make his fantasy set. Sort of. I mean, not, you know. Basically. I mean, basically a set of plate armor. I want to keep my hubcap. It's a signature move. Of course. A helmet that I envision is basically just scrap metal bent around the head and then welded to another piece of scrap metal on top. Pauldrons that are just more scrap metal, like with rivets in them. They go down the shoulder. Got rivets going both directions. It's like spiked a little bit. Yeah. out. Hubcast my breastplate and just kind of metal all the way down. Glax spends 10 to 20 minutes sorting through all of this. There's a ton of like sounds of metal clanking as Glax finds pieces and has to kind of punch them together to make them fit what he wants. And he takes pieces apart, unbolts them, bolts this piece together, makes it what he wants, makes it fit him. And we're left with Glax the proper scrap metal knight now standing in all of his five-foot-tall glory. Hey, hey, you're pretty good at that. Unfortunately, I don't know if we have time for a fashion show. This thing's going to finish eating soon. Well, here's the rest of it. Oh, excellent. Hooray! Look at all this stuff I get to work with. <laughs> hey, can I take the cage apart? Oh, wait, we don't have time for that. Yeah, probably not. Um, So I'll take the reins. Is it finishing eating? It's getting close. You can see now it started to get down to the bones of the stoink and you can see it started to pull internal organs out. Like there's a long slurp as one of the suckers starts to suck down a long intestine like spaghetti. It's unsettling to watch a person do, let alone a tentacle. Delicioso. (laughs) (laughs) One of them comes out to the other side and (laughs) starts from the other end. They meet in the middle. Aww. Aww. Lady and the murder bird. <laughs> um, so you I'll hear take a rain. soft cooing oh, from the gosh. murder bird. Ooh. Oh, it's going to be happy now that it's eight. That's good news. So as it finishes, I'll take the reins and kind of pull them up again and try to get the bird to fly. It's very lethargic. Before when you pulled its wings flapped out aggressively, but now it kind of unfurls them slowly and slouches to the side one than the other as it pulls itself upright. You see its tentacles stretch into the dirt underneath of it. It crushes the last bone and sucks the marrow all the way out of it just in one quick slurp. 
stretches the wings out and with one massive flap and a leap forward, it lurches forward and starts to run on its tentacly legs, launches itself into the air, and you are pulled skyward, riding on the back of your very own murder bird. Yeah. It worked. It gives that same bellowing screech, that horrible sonic boom. You see beneath you small birds and other creatures flee in front of it. Do I see any encampments or villages or anything that would resemble somebody living there? Give me a perception test. That would be double ones. <laughs> that would be a crit failure. Let me do the walking. <laughs> Oof. Not only is there no one here, no one has ever been here. <laughs> <laughs> you see, we've got this, we've got this, the shiny thing to fly towards and that's it. I told you. All right. And then I'll direct the bird in the direction of the shiny thing that Okaba saw. You bank a little bit, wheel in the air and turn towards it. Wind rushing past, still, this is the first time that you haven't been hot and sweating in a long time because you finally have some fucking airflow. You can't smell the horrible chemical concoction that comes off of the gore swamp, but it has to come to an end much too soon. You see that this scrap heap that you could see in the distance, you wheel over top of it and you look down. It's clearly on very solid ground. It's on a small hill. More than a hill, in fact. It looks like a mound. Some kind of plinth of rock and rubble that probably withstood the rise of the gore swamp. As you get closer and closer, Rockov's eyes just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And he says, All right, maneuver in close. I'm going to take a dive. And he's going to swan dive into this junk pile and start swimming around and try to find something useful. The murder bird banks and begins to make a graceful, slow, lethargic descent, still tentacles trailing behind it in the air. And eventually you get close enough and you see this huge towering scrap heap. You can see all kinds of devices and electronics and goods and vehicles and vessels piled here, many of them rusted and worn and destroyed with time, but some of them not. You see machines that look like they flew, some that look like they hover. You see what look like boats. You see collections of what could have been appliances, just incredible amounts of technology waiting here. I forget this. I have a new home. Rakov rolls out of the cage in a very graceful swan dive straight down somehow manages to avoid cutting the crap out of himself on all of the rusted metal. He knows what he's doing. Scrooge McGoblin over <laughs> exactly. here. Exactly. <laughs> Immune to tetanus. Lands in the scrap heap softly. Surfaces. Spits out a couple bolts. <laughs> all right. Just, just fly around for a few minutes. I'll let you know. And so he's going to dive back in, and I am going to roll to find something hidden. All right. Let's do it. That is a six. Rakov, he was hoping to find some of the power crystals that probably, that are supposed to be powering the hover barge. No such luck in this stack. This is, this is technology from the wellspring, and they didn't necessarily use the kinds of magic that have made their way into Bastion now. But what he does find 
is a massive solar array, a huge one with a large intact frame. Could be used as a sail. It could be used as anything. Oh, huge. Now that's, now that's more like it. So I assume it's too big for the murder bird itself to pick up. Oh, no, the murder bird can definitely carry it. All right. So after after a few minutes, while I dust this thing off, I see what it is and everything. I wave back to him and I just point down to come and pick this thing up. And it's just it's a stack of solar panels that have been wired together. And so it's probably like 50 feet of just cabled together solar panels. We're probably not even going to need all of these. This is great. So I'll steer the bird towards it and see if, it, if I can get it to pick it up. I have no idea how you're going to do that. I don't either. Roll animal handling. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. Take my new steel-toed boots, <laughs> jab it in his neck a little bit. Roll a d6 for me. He's giving it the universal pick it up and put it on your back <laughs> gesture. Six. Glax is really good with animals, and yeah, that's the universal language that they <laughs> respond to, apparently. He's wearing their armor. He sees that there's spurs on the back of it, obviously something they use to control it. And so when he digs them in, he sees a tentacle flash forward like lightning and wrap itself around the solar panel. Rakov has to pull his hand back really fast to avoid getting snagged himself. It wraps a tentacle around it, and it lifts this solar panel underneath of it suspended Below, with rock of, I assume you grab onto the solar panel and ride along. Oh, yeah. You turn towards home. Well, your temporary home. Not even a home you like, but do you even go back? I don't know if we need to discuss that. That's a good point. Because there's nothing holding you there. I do not care. I mean, you're, you've got a contract. I do, but I, you don't have anything holding you there anymore. I mean, I don't technically, but I am in very interested in showing up that engineer and making it work. So that's my main motivation. He kicked me out of the engine room. I want back in because I want to steal the parts again. <laughs> I think that this murder bird would be a great tribute to, to Swamp King Skrilliamson. Yeah, we can keep it too. Can we just drop the drop the solar off at them and continue on. That's what I was thinking. If you want to break your contract, that's fine. How much were they paying you? Not much. A bit? A couple bits. Here's seven. Hey, hey, hey! And I'll point it. <laughs> don't, I'll point don't it right off. Stop it! So I'll, I'll steer back to the ship and we'll try to drop the solar panel on deck. Yeah, we'll get you a raise. <laughs> from a hundred feet up and watch it shatter. <laughs> no, no! I'm gonna go straight through the ship. <laughs> what have you done? Those Gorshocks need to eat. My, my, <laughs> my marvelous creation. Come on, by the survival of the fittest now. You tame one murder. <laughs> <laughs> As you rise into the sky, you can see looking out the stinky barge holding still, not moving. You see figures on deck staring apprehensively in your direction. You can barely see them, but you can tell that you're being tracked closely. You can see the glimmer and flash off of telescopes and binoculars. And we had an audience. <laughs> you begin to fly in. And as you get closer, the murder bird lets out another sonic boom of a shriek. And you see 
everyone on deck fall flat, face down, some of them running away towards the back. And then you're hovering overhead. The murder bird gives one big flap, very carefully lowers with its tentacles after a kick from Glax, lays the solar panels on the deck. And as they slowly are lowered down, Rakov's gripping on and he just says out, your savior has arrived. And I think that's a good moment for us to end this session. We should do stain. Yeah. Oh, right? God, yes. <laughs> it's been so long. Everyone got none. Yeah. Yeah. We did. I actually don't stain. I acted, I acted like a green. You greedy. brought that bleach along. <laughs> I'm created with a stainer of <laughs> I acted like a junk goblin. I don't see anything wrong with what I did. It was good junk. Yeah, I think he uh, can offset his stains with his convictions. <laughs> <laughs> junk. Always junk. If you just junk above all. <laughs> <laughs> just gotta leave those engine parts alone I mean uh, that's my compulsion I gotta go with it <laughs> hey everyone we're Monster Game Night thank you so much for joining us this evening I'm Mike your storyteller and you have also been listening to oh I'm first uh, Josh playing Okaba Ben playing Rockov. Chris playing Glax tune in next session we release an episode every other Monday also, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. We'd love to hear from you on social media. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit at Monster Game Night. And if you're feeling froggy, check out our Patreon. Our patrons get early access to episodes, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, and original unreleased material like our live shows from Gen Con. I'm also in this outro. <laughs> <laughs> Also, please give us a rating, write a review, and tell your friends and family about the show if you enjoyed it. Word of mouth is the best way for a small independent show like ours to grow. Hope that you can come to our next Monster, Monster Game, Game Night. Night. Yeah. Goblin Game Night. Gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs>